Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Gabe Kolstad, who is the pastor of the Westside Community Church in a place called Aloha, Oregon. Uh, it, that rings bells for me because I grew up in Portland, and that he's in the Portland area, and I lived in the Aloha State for a really long time. And Gabe, as we get into this today, I, you know, I've, I've been on your website, I've been looking around, I've been reading some blogs that you put out, and I, I want you to tell us a little bit about the, you know, your history in the church that you pastor, and then how you kind of moved over into doing the multi-site thing, and then you've moved beyond that. You've you made some progression and uh, done some things in other countries that have some gone well, some haven't gone so well. Um, just, you know, let's freewheel it just a little bit, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. I, uh, just to start out and answer that question, um, we, my wife and I've been at our church for 23 years and, uh, we, uh, actually I, I came to work here. My first job out of college in 1998, uh, for my father-in-law, he was the pastor before me and he was looking for some help. And people ask me all the time, like, how could you go to work for your father-in-law? And, and I always say, I, I, I love the guy. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. He's a learner. He's, he always was encouraging me to be a learner. And so right out of college, came here. Actually, we had a little stint in Chicago where we thought we were going to be launched as overseas missionaries. That was always our, our kind of um, aim was to be missionaries. I believe, I believe in, in that, that the evangelization of the whole world is an important uh, God goal. And so, and, and read a book in college called Church Planting for a Greater Harvest by Peter Wagner. And I've never been able to shake the uh, conviction that the world will be best and fastest evangelized uh, through the planting of new churches. So that's always been in me. And then we tried to go overseas as missionaries and God closed every door for that and really redirected us back home to my wife's father's church to come to work. And so came here going like, okay, God, show us what's up. And, and it was really, we felt, okay, we're going to be missionaries to our own home city, you know, and worked here for a number of years. And went into a leadership transition with, with him, him, Ken, my father-in-law. And um, he was always such, so gracious and all that. But in 2007, became the lead pastor of our church and, and really got to birth that desire to get back to that church planting mode, you know, that was in my heart from the beginning. And so we got involved in really partnering with other organizations and effective leaders in planting churches slowly, you know, kind of watching what they did, um, evaluating along the way, being able to be a part of something in a very safe way, which was fantastic. Um, and then eventually getting more involved in it and, you know, starting a church planting network in Portland. We, we went multi-site as a church and uh, that was a whole journey that I'm sure we'll talk about. And, um, you know, but along the way, God has been very good in just letting us see him at work and, learned a ton of lessons, uh, some really dumb mistakes that we've made, but then some great things that we've learned about 
what he's up to now and how, you know, I think the big thing is how do we join God at work? Because it's a different season than it's ever been. We have fumbled our way into digital, to be honest with you. Like I've always believed in going in going out and reaching outside the faith, outside the church. We've done that very aggressively, you know, with, with Facebook ads, with little touches, teases, things like that. But COVID was really the place where we said, you know, we got to get serious about having an online presence that um, that can help people who can't connect physically to to still be the body of Christ. And I've often thought, in fact, I'd love to do a study on, you know, the 58, 59, one and others in the New Testament. How how can you take those and go, how much of that can you do digitally? And at what point does it become necessary to have a face-to-face? And so my convictions probably lie in that I believe that, uh, you know, our strategy as a hybrid church is um, that we do believe there's some value in the face-to-face, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in our building, because if that's the case, then we limit ourselves geographically, which is already not happening, you know, so, um, but anyways, back to your question about, um, you know, like that's, that strategy, uh, we're we're looking at right now how do you how do we engage people who are maybe not interested in Jesus maybe spiritually curious and then along the way of like I'm a believer you know I'm I, I want to grow and and now I want to be a missionary so our pathway or our funnel kind of leads in that direction and what we're currently working so one little experiment that we've started is a marriage podcast that we that we started doing because we were looking for ways to go okay if somebody's not interested in Jesus what are they interested in you know they're interested in health they're interested in their finances they're interested in their relationships how can we put things out there that might be hooks in the water that go let's create a relationship or rapport at least and um, and have some place where we could be adding value even if you're not sure about Jesus yet you know, and so that podcast has been just one little experiment. I think we're going to start another one that's uh, a little more broad in terms of it's not just about marriage. And uh, that one's co- the, the other one's called Marriage Monthly. So it's only a monthly podcast. I think we're gonna do something that's weekly. But, uh, you know, that might be one example of what we're thinking like is, well, if we if we do have the opportunity to connect with people on a regular basis uh, to add value, then I think the question becomes, how much like a business can this look and it be okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we go with a subscription model where we go, okay, what we want is we want people to subscribe to a newsletter or subscribe to a podcast. But basically the point of that would be, can we have your contact information? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have contact information, we can't build that relationship. And and so we're really wrestling through right now as, as a team and as a group of churches. And then and some other things we're part of is how do we do that? And again, in a city that uh, smells uh, fake a mile away, right? And and is always looking for that ulterior motive. Uh, we have to be very careful about how we do that and not become too salesy, because the second we do that, we lose credibility in our city, and then, and then we're done. And and so we've got to be really careful about that. So so we're just really praying through, you know what is our next step in that? And, uh, and, and then we're teasing a little, we're trying, like we've tried a couple of things we've tried with the digital, you know, cause we've kept the digital going since COVID started. And then we in Portland, we just got to open back up for in-person um, only 
two and a half months ago. So we're just kind of getting started back with physical church. And still, we aren't having groups in homes or anything still, because uh, it's just a little bit too much. Um, but we started doing these text challenges, like um, if you want to uh, get a mind, like we did a mindset mini course, and it was text the word mindset to this number. And then we're going to do this, you know, daily thing for seven days, a uh, little short video and some, some verses and some thoughts and stuff. Well, those things went gangbusters during COVID. And, and we learned that um, this, this idea of I'm going to pull the thing that's interesting to me and that's going to help me where I'm at, um, you know, not having a physical church location to, to rely on made that possible. And it's been really fun to, to look at that. So, you know, when you look at all the business models right now that are happening, whether it be Brennan Burchard or um, Michael Hyatt or, you know, any number of people who are doing business stuff like this, I'm, I'm constantly challenged by how far people will go for business in terms of how much effort, how much energy, how big of a team, how big of a budget we'll put into it. But then when it comes to the kingdom of God, sometimes we back away and go like, well, you know, uh, that's a lot of effort. I have a friend in, um, in, in I still want to come back to, to, to what you've learned and then what you would do different around the planet in Nairobi because of what you learned. Okay. Because uh, I think lessons for other people, but I want to, I, let me just throw a couple of stories in here. I have two friends. Uh, you probably know Myron Pierce. Yeah. He's in North Omaha, Nebraska. He's written a book called DigiChurch, and he has found a way to attract people through like a hundred dollar Facebook ad for a week to, to come watch what we're doing in Omaha. And then I'll meet with you privately in Zimbabwe or uh, Harare, Uganda, Brixton, London, and all over the Midwest. He's, he's got, and he's discipling people who are making disciples in those cities. He's, he's cracked the code that I still don't understand. And when we have a conversation about it, because we talk quite often, I still don't understand it. There's another guy in Hawaii um, who an announced to his congregation about 5,000 people, multi-site, and he announced well, at the beginning of COVID, we are going digital. They actually uh, have bought 11 acres. There's a, a, a town in, in Oahu called Second City to Honolulu. It's, a, it's about 25 miles away. And they've moved a lot of government business or job offices there. So they'd move jobs. So people would have to move. So it's a rapidly growing area. And they just bought 11 acres a quarter of a mile from the civic center. It's, it's a crazy thing. But when COVID hit, they went to their architect and said, halt the plans. We're not building a church building. We're building a multi-functional facility. We want to be able to do uh, sports that we charge for, indoor sports, you know, soccer coaching, stuff like that. Um, we, want to, we want to school there. Oh, oh, yeah. We also want a place where we could meet on the weekends. But he announced to his staff, uh, we are now a digi church, and 80% uh, of our resources are going online to do the kind of creative things you're talking about, not just to, you know, put the show up there. And we're going to uh, put 20% of our efforts into what we do in a physical location. Wow. And now, now is the time because 20% of your time is going to be doing what you've been doing. And your job may change radically. 80% is going online. And we don't know what that even means. It's just that that's what we're going to do. Well, they went from first a bunch of people quit their jobs which was probably a good thing there's been a lot of chaos 
but they went from 5,000 people to 60,000. They, they, when they saw Italy breaking down with COVID, they just jumped on it and began running Facebook ads in like Rome, Milan, and, you know, Florence and, and drawing people in as, as digital multi-site kind of a deal. And then they, they, they started their website reflects this ongoing change. They begin here. Here's our service schedule in Sydney. Here it is in Tokyo. Here it is in St. Petersburg, Russia. Here's our schedule in London. It was the same sermon, which they actually put up, um, recorded four times a weekend. It's on Saturday and on Sunday, but they just, they just put it in every time zone, but they did it by city. And then they would, because they find that people were, were finding that people will collectivize digitally around their zip code. Yeah. You run a Facebook ad to a particular zip code and those people will feel, even though they don't know each other, they feel a certain kind of connection. And so they, they pop to from 5,000 to 60,000. They shrank back. Everybody shrank back after, you know, the initial rush of COVID and all that online, but they shrank back to 25,000 around the planet and 10,000 of those are in the state of Hawaii, which wow. that's, uh, that's about eight tenths of 1% of the population. Uh, and it's twice as many people as they were reaching in Hawaii before. So I think there's, there's some, there's a lot of power here, but it's not going to be just take the Sunday show and put it out there. It's the things Thanks. that you're doing. I have a friend in, and I'll quit with this. Uh, I don't want to rattle on, but I have a friend in, in Copenhagen who um, was a television actor there, uh, found Jesus, moved to Ecuador, became a missionary, started doing uh, micro churches, and that offended the people who had brought him to Ecuador. So he, he left there. Uh, somebody on the way, because his life was in a wreck kind of, Somebody said, I'll give you a free place to live if you're willing to get a counseling degree and then use that as a launch pad for church planting. So he's back in Copenhagen. He started a, a Christian counseling center and then a counseling center for non-Christians. And it's and it's the way he advertises it. And he, he goes very quickly, the one for non-believers exploded with growth. The one for Christians became a rock around my neck. And so I closed it. And, but what he does, it's, it's similar when you said what, what you're offering in these podcasts and adding value, he, he, he just does a strict, it's, you pay quite a bit of money for 15 sessions with a marriage counselor. At the end, he goes, you know, in case you're interested, I, there's something that I offer and as, 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 a, as a free service to my clients. And that would be um, that, that I do a, 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 like a two-hour prayer and healing session if you're interested in in that sort of thing and he says about a third of the people go through it and all he does is get them to go through neil anderson's 36 scriptures and and they and they pray these things together and he's seeing people come to christ through this that's something that that could be done also online yeah and, and so there's these ideas that are floating around out there i don't think any of us have a handle on the future uh, but we're we're beginning to smell it, and um, you know the whole microchurch thing. I've written books about it. I'm kind of became the guru because I interview a lot of microchurch guys. I don't have microchurch experience, other than about six weeks we're into one I'm leading. But um, <laughs> but I, again, I, I have this sense of 
I, you know, what's next? I don't, I don't know. I don't have a handle on where we're going, but I'd like you to, to, to because there's people trying new things and you obviously are doing some pretty innovative things. I, I'd like you to go revisit Nairobi. Let's say, let's say, forget Nairobi. You're, you're and let's go. Uh, they speak English in, in Kenya. So let's go to South Africa. You're, you're going to start a church in, in Cape town and, and you're going to use the digi tools combined with however you did it before. Talk us through that. What would you do? Okay. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, we were invited to, into Nairobi. So we were invited into that situation out of a partnership that we had had for a couple of years um, in, in a ministry that was really rapidly expanding and, one, and had a church and wanted to plant a new church and kind of create a movement. And we, we uh, had had enough experience with like some multi-site stuff and some scaling and that, you know, felt like, well, we could probably offer some help. And then they asked us just to help plant a church. And so we said, yes. And I remember going over to Nairobi to train the team and they were all so hungry. And we were in this, you know, little rented conference room in, in a hotel in the slum, in the slums of Nairobi or not in the slums, but by it. And, you know, it all felt so awesome because you, you, I was looking at going like, wow, I mean, everything can be so economical and there's all these people that are interested in, and all that. What we didn't really take into consideration and I would do totally differently is um, more skin in the game from the, the you know, the, the local partner. And um, what was missing for us then, and here's why it blew up for us, was there was just, there was a leadership crisis there. And it, and it all came back to a lack of transparency and lack of accountability. And while I love church to church, that's what we, we really thrive on. It, rather than going through another organization, the church to church, one of the things that we've learned is how do we vet a partner? Um, how do we make sure that an opportunity is you know, morally, theologically sound, um, financially sound, that there's you know, enough measures in place to where once, once we make an agreement, make a partnership that it can last and it can be sustainable. So that was one of the big learnings there. But the other piece really was we kind of had a little bit of a complex of the hero complex. And, you know, looking back, I can really see that how it, it, it felt like, Oh, we can come make a difference. But the reality was those people are a lot smarter than us, you know, and they know their culture and, you know, they probably needed a cheerleader more than anything else. And, and so if we were going to do something like you mentioned in South Africa, I mean, I think we would just be looking back to that person of peace thing, back to, you know, um, not not being the ones to bring the ideas to the table, but if anything, trying to facilitate the mining of those ideas from the culture um, and, uh, you know, how creative, every culture is creative because every culture knows what what their opportunities are. And I think that for us, it would be more about that, like going in, uh, not even not even so much as the missionaries, but maybe as the support to the missionaries, you know, um, particularly in that. But I, I, I think it all comes back to the leadership thing and, and kind of to jump tracks a little bit to something that we really felt we learned in, in planting recently was when we started one of our campuses, um, we, we put so much resources into it. We, we, we overdid it in terms of what we could really afford as capacity and all of this. And so it was a strain for a, a number of years. When we learned that lesson, we started the next one as a micro. And we started it in a garage with, uh, with a co-vocational leader who was a full-time nurse, still is. And he started it in his garage with 10 people. 
And um, this is in the Portland, Oregon area. So it's not like we're in the slums of Nairobi now. Um, and it totally took off and everybody loved it. And so then, you know, we moved it to a, a middle or an elementary school cafeteria. And then we moved it to a church that was nearby that was no longer being used. And all along the way from day one, that thing was financially sustainable because we weren't trying to uh, demand that it look a certain way. Uh, and we were allowing that leadership team more, more autonomy. And, and so uh, my learning on that has been, you know, it's more about recognizing the giftedness of the leader that's going to be doing something and, and trying to help them mine that out of themselves and with the Holy Spirit and then, and then go, now let's, let's let God shape something new and let's come support it. So I think that would be true, whether it be a digital expression or a physical expression. Um, certainly if it was a hybrid, you know, there'd be all kinds of questions to ask, but I think mobile would be an important thing if we're talking about hybrid. And I think that's one thing that we're learning is that um, when it comes to even our services, you think about like, when, when you project something on a screen, well, the screen is now two inches wide and one inch high if you're holding a mobile phone, you know? So how are, how are we thinking about how people are engaging with content and words that might be out there and stuff? That's something to really process. Well, this is exciting. And I, I uh, you know, I, what I keep hearing is that word that you used a little while ago, cheerleader, that uh, that's probably a better role for a lot of us than, than the, the role of what we would call a leader. Um, we're, we're, you know, I've done a lot in some very poor countries and uh, the, the best thing I can do is just go in and, and bless them. And, and, you know, I, I want to be Barnabas when I grow up. I want to be a son of encouragement. I think that's a cool thing. Well, I want to say thank you for taking time to do this. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, tell, uh, if you don't mind, how somebody could get in contact with you if they have a question. Sure, just gabe.colstad at gmail.com uh, and be an easy way or just on my, my site, gabecolstad.com. All right, spell your name. G-A-B-E-K-O-L-S-T-A-D. Great, thanks a lot. Thanks, Ralph. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmore.net.